Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'a. Allahumme erinel hakka hakkan ve erzukna ittiba'a ve erinel batıla batılan ve erzukna ictinabe. Rabbi şrahli sadri ve yessirli emri ve hlul uqdatem min lisani yefkahu kavli. Esselamu aleyküm ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or you can watch our recordings on YouTube at the channel Reflections RN. You can also access both the audio and video versions of the recordings at the website www.reflections-rn.org. In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading and reflecting upon the 22nd word. The 22nd word is about, uh, about demonstrations of God's existence, oneness, and some attributes. Uh, this starts with a story. We begin the treatise with a story in which we imagine two uh, friends who take a bath in a pool, lose all their senses and suddenly find themselves in a country and they start observing their environments and one of them who was smart, fortunate, recognizes that this place must have an owner and their uh, well-being in that, that place and potentially in another place that is indicated by the signs around depends on their ability to recognize, recognize and um, live in accordance with the will of the owner of this country. The other friend, however, is stubborn and he doesn't want to recognize the ruler. So the fortunate friend in this story starts to explain to the, uh, the, the unfortunate stubborn person uh, person why that should be an owner so this is the story and this is the first section of the treatise in the second section of the treatise we will be uh, reflecting upon the realities that are indicated in the story but we are still covering this story and we read through um well the the the fortunate friend when he provides explanations to the stubborn friend uh, he calls them demonstrations demonstrations of gods or demonstrations that there is an owner uh, to this place we read through the first six demonstrations and inshallah we will continue with the seventh one so bismillah yedinci <coughs> burhan seventh demonstration ey arkadaş gel şimdi bu cüz'iyatı bırakıp saray şeklindeki bu acıyıp alemin eczalarının birbirine karşı olan vaziyetlerine dikkat edeceğiz in the first six demonstrations we uh, mostly looked at uh, particular objects, uh, if you will, uh, specific things in this country, or if we were talking about the reality of these things, we, we would be we would say parts of the cosmos. Now we are we are going to change course and look at other things. Oh, friend, come! Now we will leave these particulars and pay attention to the positions that the parts of this amazing realm, which is shaped like a palace, take vis-a-vis -vis each other. Um, 
it is not essential, but it might be helpful to um, note that the words particular and part in this sentence are not randomly used. They are uh, they are terms of logic, and Ustad Nursi um, was a master of logic, and he especially used uh, these terms, part, particular, and then whole and universal, juz juz e kul kulli, in specific ways, in very insightful ways. And the concept of particular here refers to something a part of the cosmos uh, or something in this country that manifests in and of itself uh, the qualities of the whole. So a part that manifests the qualities of the whole that we will call a particular. It is, uh, it, it is composed of two, two things. One is the part itself, the thing itself, and the second is these qualities that are manifest on the whole and simultaneously on the part. So this is important because once we recognize the particularity of things around us in the universe, in our world, we, we can infer from them uh, about the, the, the attributes that they carry and, and uh, project that inference to the entire cosmos. Now, this is a detail uh, for this sentence. It, is a, it has its own place and it's a very important aspect of Ustad Nursi's uh, thought. Uh, just as a side note, um, uh, you know, so that we recognize that we, when, we, when he says you know, particulars, he doesn't mean just things over there, but things over there in the sense that everything uh, manifests in a sense all but more obviously at least some and many aspects or attributes or properties of the whole, the whole cosmos. So let's put that aside and continue. Oh friend, come. Now we will leave these particulars and pay attention to the positions that the parts of this amazing realm, which is shaped like a palace, take vis-a-vis -vis each other. Now we are going to look at relations, interactions among things. İşte bak, bu alemde o derece intizamla külli işler yapılıyor ve umumi inkılaplar oluyor ki, adeta bütün bu saraydaki mevcut taşlar, topraklar, ağaçlar, her bir şey, Birer faili muhtar gibi bütün bu alemin nizamatı külliyesini gözetip ona göre tevfiki, hare tevfiki hareket ediyor. Birbirinden en uzak şeyler birbirinin imdadına koşuyor. Here look once again. The secret of being able to recognize what's going on in this country, in this story and what's going on in this cosmos which is like a country or a city or a palace is first and foremost to look with the intention to see. <clears throat> if, if we look with the intention to not see, we will not see. Uh, there are many experiments uh, about this. Uh, you know, one quick experiment that we used to do is you, you know, ask a friend um, what, the, what the, ask a friend to read 
the brand name of his or her watch so now most people don't carry watches any longer but assume that your friend carries a watch on on, on uh, his or her wrist and ask them to look and and to tell the brand name and to read the brand name so they will look and read the brand name and then turn to you and tell what it is and then ask what time it is they won't be able to tell you i mean 90 percent of the time they won't be able to tell you because they were looking at the brand name although it's a very small space and they're next to each other your friend was not paying attention to the time and therefore they did not recognize it so the beginning of being able to recognize the signs of creation in the in the cosmos in this land first is to to look here look <clears throat> universal works are being carried out in this realm and general transformations are taking place with such degree of orderliness that as though all rocks soil trees and everything in this palace were observing the universal orders of this entire realm each like evolutional active agent and they are acting accordingly things that are furthest away from one another are rushing to each other's aid universal works are being carried out in this realm um, things are happening <clears throat> and they're happening everywhere people have mistaken a ramification or a manifestation of this as uh, what they call natural laws the law of gravity right um, there may be very distant and small exceptions that physicists now identify but in general the, this law of gravity is universal there is gravity on the moon there is gravity on earth there is gravity on the sun there is gravity in the milky way there is gravity beyond the milky way and it's not only uh, the the the earth uh, pulling things down so that there's weight and we don't fly away uh, you know from the earth it's not only that it, it, it is how all these celestial objects pull uh, each other so that's a universal law it's happening on a universal scale uh, when spring comes in the world that we can observe in our environment there is a universal transformation life is popping up everywhere right? so universal works are being carried out in this realm and general transformations are taking place so we should try to think about this we are not um, we are observing the cosmos we are observing the universe we are observing this land that these two friends found themselves in uh, we are observing it but we are not observing it as a um, stagnant object a, a still object it is the universe or the cosmos is not a still object it's a motion picture it it keeps changing and it keeps changing when we look we, we start to recognize that there are patterns to these changes there are regularities uh, there are commonalities there are aspects of change that we observe every everywhere 
So universal works are being carried out in this realm and general transformations are taking place with such a degree of orderliness. Now, if it happened once and it happened in an orderly way, the same apparent uh, occurrence leading to the same apparent following occurrence. I didn't want to use the terms cause and effect. Uh, but metaphorically, we can refer to them, right? That the same causes are leading to the same effects. Uh, what we see as causes are not causes. That's why I don't want to use it. Uh, but at the end of the day, there is a causer of those causes too. And because that causer wants them to uh, to to um, sequence or happen in the same pattern, uh, they appear with a regularity. <clears throat> now, if this happened once, or in a couple of places, perhaps we could attribute it to something in that space or at that time or maybe coincidence. But when it happens all the time, everywhere, we cannot but recognize that there is a um, rule, there is a law that is effective everywhere and laws in and of themselves cannot do anything, right? Uh, all countries have constitutions, they have criminal laws, but the criminal law as in and of itself, as this uh, collection of words that perhaps is printed or is, is preserved something in the cyberspace, uh, it will not be able to do anything in and of itself. You have to have executors of the law, right? So. Once we recognize that there's this law, this pattern that's happening everywhere, then we immediately recognize that there is an executor of law. There is power everywhere. There is a there is power that is acting upon things in accordance with a centralized will. With such a degree of orderliness that as though all rocks. Now we want to see this in this country that we are imagining. And what is in this country? There are rocks, soil, trees, and everything in this palace. Or we are imagining it as a palace. It's as though they are all observing the universal orders of this entire realm, each like a volitional active agent. Volitional active agent. That is as though they are doing what they are doing with some um, internal... Um, in internal force, internal power, internal strength, uh, and it's as though they are they are using that strength with their own volition, and they are acting accordingly. They are acting, you know, according to this universal law with their own volition. So imagine eight billion uh, people and one law, and eight billion people are simultaneously uh, abiding by the law with no exception. With no exception regarding their uh, volition or regarding their uh, capabilities. Everybody in this, in this huge massive human nation is abiding by the law that says, say, lift your right hand at 10 a.m. every day. When it's 10 a.m., 
without skipping anything everybody lifts their hands 10 a.m Things that are furthest away from one another are rushing to each other's aid. So they are doing what they are supposed to do. And they are not doing it alone. They are also doing this in a way that implies or indicates that they know one another. They are not just randomly moving. I mean, they are not just randomly mo moving, even though that, that random movement is according to a law. Right, so let's say uh sometimes they have these little toys that you wind and put on the uh, floor and they keep moving around let's say that uh it, it the, the, those we have 10 of those toys and each of those 10 toys are constructed in such a way that they have a 30 they make a 30 degree angle to, to the right as they move so they rotate right uh, right uh, to the right uh, with a 30 degree ang angle you put all of them on the floor and they start and they will keep moving but they will keep moving according to the same law but they will keep moving without attention without regard for one another they will hit each other they will move away with they are not going to to do something together right so when we look at the this country in the we are still in the representation the story or the cosmos when we look what we see is that Everything is moving according to a general law or according to general laws. And at the same time, they are also, they appear to be rushing to each other's assistance. And not only that, they are doing this for things that are far away from them. And when I say far away, or when we say far away, we should not, we should not just imagine, you know, between the world and somewhere five uh, million uh, light years away. From the point of view of me as the, um, you know, it's a bit a human being on the earth, there's a huge distance and things are doing that. We have talked about this before, right? The, the, the carbon and the nitrogen and whatever else that is in my body or in the body of everybody who is listening to this or in the bodies of everything, every living being on earth, they were cooked at some point in the cauldron of some star. And over millions of light years, they traveled to where they are now and they are providing that service to the body that they are included in their inside right now. But this can be even easier to to observe um, from the point of view of the tiny um, molecule water molecule let's say tiny water molecule um, that is somewhere in a reservoir in the city that I live I am very far away very far but it is as though when I'm thirsty that water molecule found its way all the way through the pipes under the ground and came out of the faucet and I put it in a cup and drank. And now in my body, it is fulfilling the exact function that I needed to fulfill. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, I recognize that some people may say, 
so what? I mean, the, the water molecule is not, you know, did not walk through all those pipes to come to you. It was uh, a matter of gravity. It was pumped. Uh, somebody laid those pipes in place. Um, so somebody, uh, somebody collected the water in the reservoir, uh, treated it, uh, somebody made that faucet, and you went and turned the faucet on. That's how the water molecule came. The water molecule did not do this itself. And that's exactly our point here. right? Because when we imagine the water molecule coming from the reservoir to my body, we are imagining or we are uh, noticing with the eye of our mind that there was an agency involved in this. Some people, some entities, perhaps the city administration, uh, devised this, built it, uh, maintains it, operates it, and regulates it. And that's how this is happening. This is what makes sense to the mind. Right? Okay. How about rain evaporating from the ocean and being carried with the clouds to a plane where there are trees that and, and those trees need the, the, the, the, the water. It did not happen by itself either. The water molecules did not fly into air and move with the, the cloud. The wind did not push those clouds. There is, there is uh, planning, will, regulation, maintenance, organization, installment creation in all of this too there's agency in all of this too now you may all uh, have seen these cartoons that they make in order to explain to children how things work say how the human body works um, we imagine say two tiny kids uh, shrinking so much that they, they, they shrink to the size of a molecule or a cell and then somehow they get into the vein and then now they are traveling in the vein and they see all around like these uh, what's in the blood white blood cells and red blood cells and uh, plasma nutrition oxygen molecule hydrogen you know, carbon dioxide that's things Right? They see all of these things, but for what's happening there to make sense to the small children who are watching it in order to understand what's happening in the body, right? they personify, give personality to all those things. They put eyes, they put mouths, they put some noses, ears on them, especially eyes and mouths, so that they can see and they can talk. Right? So the red blood cell comes running to the the the um, lung <laughs> comes running to the lung and takes the oxygen uh, uh, atom and then runs to the cell that is somewhere on the um, toenail and gives oxygen to it so that that cell can use that oxygen and then it thanks to the um, to the um, red blood cell and gives back 
carbon atoms to it and then the red blood cells runs through another uh, runway to the uh, to the lung again so on and so forth now it's as though all of these things all of these cells have personality ha uh, can see hear talk have will have emotions uh, have uh, awareness they recognize one another they talk with each other they uh, they ask for help uh, they listen to that that uh, request and go do what they need to do bring it back and they thank each other and they all work in harmony now, of course this is not the case none of those cells has eyes or ears or mouth or uh, awareness in one sense in, in a higher realm in the alim malakut and alim emir there might be a sort of awareness there may there, there are angels that are appointed to all uh, these physical objects that do not have their you know own awareness but there are angels that are aware of them and that that um, present their gratitude to God and so on and so forth but you know that, that's a different question that you know in and of itself that red blood cell or the white blood cell or the plasma or whatever right none of them has any any uh, awareness or power now that's the thing all of these things are easy to imagine we we, we or e easy to grant right we recognize that they don't have eyes they don't have ears they don't have mouth they don't have awareness they don't have so on and so forth then we need to say they don't have power either because they don't that cartoon also gives the impression that this thing has some kind of uh power coming from inside internal power that mo that mobilizes it but no that's not the case either the red blood cell does not have any power the red blood cell does not recognize the lung or the tiptoe then where is the power coming from who knows both the lung and the toenail somebody must do this somebody must know it in the case of water coming from the reservoir to my faucet we imagined a city administration that once again uh, uh, conceptualized designed built uh, is operating and regulating and maintaining this whole thing this cosmos this universe is like a city too whatever is happening in it has to have agents okay but when we look when we look what we see is that it is as though all these things are doing what they are doing in accordance with a universal law and they are rushing to each other's assistance uh, they are helping one another to fulfill their functions they are working together as though they have evolution right they as though they are volitional active agents as though they are they have the ability to choose what to do and what not to do as though they have the knowledge of what leads to what 
But again, we know that that's not the case. So what we learn from this is that there is volution this, in this whole thing. There is volution involved in this whole process at some point somewhere, but we don't see it. We don't see it. So from uh, the earlier demonstrations then we know that, well, in that case, in that case, we know that it exists. We don't see it. That means it is somewhere where we don't see it. It is a hidden hand. It is a hidden hand. İşte bak, gaipten acip bir kafile çıkıp geliyor. Merkepleri ağaçlara, nebatlara, dağlara benzerler. Başlarında birer tablayı erzak taşıyorlar. İşte bak, bu tarafta bekleyen muhtelif hayvanat, hayvanatın erzaklarını getiriyorlar. Haşiye, umum hayvanatın erzakını taşıyan nebatat ve eşcar kafileleridir. Here, look, look again. An amazing convoy is coming out of the unseen. Their mounts are like trees, plants and mountains. They each carry trays of provision on their heads. Here, look, they are bringing the provisions of various animals waiting on this side. And we have a side note here. Points to the convoys of plants and trees that bear the provisions of most animals. So I was thinking um, in a more complicated way, right? I was thinking about the cells in the body, etc. But this is even more obvious. And that is... Um, that is a really beautiful aspect of the Risale Inur, the treatises of light that uh, the books that we are reading. They bring the examples from the most obvious, from what is right before us, in front of our eyes. And that's the that's that's the Quran too. That's what the Quran does too. The Quran gives us examples uh, from what is most obvious, most um, self-evident to us. Don't you see the stars, right? Don't you see the moon? Don't you see the sun? Don't you see the mosquito? Don't you see the the the grape, the date, the tree? All these things, the rain, all these things are things that surround us human beings throughout our lives, and also amazing that. Uh, these are the things that apply to, to all human beings from the beginning of time to the end of time. So it's not talking about, don't you see the cell phone? Don't you see the, uh, don't you see how the the the airplane is flying in the air? How it is uh, it is uh, floating or hanging in the air? No, it says, don't you see the bird, the the eagle, for instance, how it is floating in air? Yes, you see the bird. You see the eagle, you see the hawk, whatever bird it is, you know, where you live. An amazing convoy is coming out of the unseen. So imagine a convoy. So when we imagine convoys, what we imagine is, you know, people walking. But, or, or uh, they are riding animals. But this is not a convoy of people. This is a convoy of, their mounts are like, trees, plants, and mountains. So some things, what are they? Some things they have mounted trees, plants, and mountains. And they each carry trays of provision on their heads. Ah. So these are trees that are carrying trays of provision on their heads. These are uh, mountains that are carrying, say, mines, minerals, that are another kind of provision for the humankind. 
these are uh, plants that are carrying uh, green leaves that we eat and we are provided or animals eat here look they are bringing the provisions of various animals waiting on this side so they started from the, on that side and they are coming to this side so these point to and the convoys of plants and trees that bear the provisions of most animals is that not the case right it is as though the um the cherry tree knows the birds that will fly through and land on its branches and you know peck on the cherry and eat a little bit and get the nutrition the sugar and other minerals and whatever whatnot and that's in there or it's as though the cherry tree knows that these birds want to eat insects and it um, brings these cherries that the insects like and insects come and start eating the cherries and then the birds come and peck on the insects and eat the insects it's as though the cherry tree knows the bird or the insect knows the bird or it's as though the bird knows the cherry tree because then it will provide a service to the cherry tree by taking the pit and flying and planting it somewhere else so that this cherry tree can continue its uh the, the the species of the cherry trees can continue its existence subhanallah now once again we need to break through that glass wall that has been um erected before all of us uh, with the with what is called science that has since you know before that too but especially the 19th century that has been claiming that uh, matter has force inherent force that that is doing something and all these things can be explained with coincidence or um some wishy-washy concept like nature but of course you know going back to our example of this cartoon where we imagine the red blood cells as you know persons etc we know that that's not the case there's no such thing as nature and nothing has nothing uh, that's created has inherent power so then the trees don't have inherent power the plants don't have inherent power the mountains don't have inherent power they don't know anybody they don't know anything but at the same time regularly every year at this time when the birds pass by the cherry tree blooms and then and then produces its its, its fruits of course it doesn't do it it is made to do it it's been caused to do it right? and that's the point the cherry tree does not have the ability to do anything it does not know chemistry it does not know physics it does not not know how to take those nutritions from the the, the the ground and turn them somehow into sweet delicious uh, beautiful looking bowls that doesn't happen hem de bak bu kubbede o azim elektrik lambası onlara ışık verdiği gibi 
Bütün taamlarını öyle güzel pişiriyor. Yalnız pişirilecek taamlar bir Destiny Gaybi tarafından birer ipe takılıp ona karşı tutuluyor. Also, look at that tremendous electric lamp on this dome. It both gives them light and so beautifully cooks all of their food. Only that the foods to be cooked are each being attached to a string and held to it by an unseen hand. O azim elektrik lambası güneşe işarettir. The tremendous electric lamp points to the sun. And the second side note, ip ve ipe takılan taam ise ağacın ince dalları ve leziz meyveleridir. The string and the food items attached to the string are the delicate tree branches and their delicious fruits. Also look at that tremendous electric lamp on this dome. So uh, we are imagining this place that the two friends found themselves in like a palace. And the palace has a domed ceiling. And the friends turn to the dome and what they see there is a um, tremendous lamp. Tremendous. Huge. So huge that It illuminates the entire palace. Now, if he said it illuminates the entire city, that may have been more difficult to imagine, but a palace, a closed domed place, and there's a lamp on the dome, it illuminates the entire palace. Now, of course, the reality of this is that the firmament is like a dome, and we have this really tremendous lamp over there that illuminates the entire face of the earth. Um, it both gives them light and so beautifully cooks all of their food. So, remember, things are doing things on a regular basis as though they are following a law and they are not doing this randomly. They are doing what they are doing in a way that provides assistance to other things. <clears throat> This lamp on the dome is amazing. It is giving light to all of us, but perhaps even more amazing, it is also cooking their food. Lamp there, it's sending its rays of light, and those rays of light, as though they have fingers and hands and etc., they are cooking food. Only that, the foods to be cooked are each being attached to a string and held to it by an unseen, by an unseen hand. So it's enough for the, for the, the material to be held to it and cooks it. So that tremendous electric lamp, of course, points to the sun. And the string and the food items attached to the string are the delicate tree branches and their delicious fruits. Subhanallah, right? So if it were not for the sun, thinking within the realm of dominion, thinking within the material world, right? Uh, if it were not for the sun, There will be no energy, there will be no life on this earth. I mean, if you think about it, yes, there's energy that's coming from the, the, the uh, inner heat of the earth, but the energy that we use as human beings and as living uh, living beings, right? Um, you know, there might be exceptions, ex ex exceptional living beings that live under the ground and somehow don't benefit from the uh, energy that comes from the sun, but 99% of uh, the living beings, including those in the oceans, right? We benefit from the sun. 
um, the, the carbon that we, we burn, the oil that we extract, the natural gas that we extract, right? That is the energy that came from the sun to earth uh, stored up, right? It is stored up in the carbon molecules of the plants that they that uh, that that lamp cooked or that uh, synthesized uh, carbon from the air with that light and then uh, they, they use that energy to hold the carbon uh, atoms together and now we are extracting that energy from there and and using it subhanallah um, All the food that we eat, whether it is animal origin or plant origin, and all the food that animals eat, whether it is animal origin or plant origin, it is being cooked with this tremendous lamp. Now, this tremendous lamp does not know me, does not know you, does not know the elephant in Africa, does not know the tiger in India, it does not know the polar bear, it does not know the ant, it does not know the bee, it does not know the the, um, the the plane tree, it does not know the poplar, it does not know the pine. It does not know any of us. But somehow, somehow, what it does benefits all of us. Um, and it does not skip a day. It does what what. It is supposed to be doing for us to uh, benefit from it without sp skipping a day, without skipping a moment. How is that so? How is that so? And who is holding all these little uh, fine threads, these strings, to it? It's amazing. The tree holds its you know, fine string branch holds its branch in front of the sun and somehow these delicious bowls start to grow on it. Oranges. They are huge. I mean, compared to the, the um, thickness of the branch on which it grows, when we look, it's huge. I, if, I, if I were that branch, I wouldn't make this orange because it's going to be burdensome on me. It's, it, it may even cause me to break. And that happens to some fruits. Apples, grapefruits, pear. Or the tiny string that is crawling on the ground of a pumpkin. It can grow up to like hundreds of pounds. The, the tiny string is just holding it there and then the light that comes from the sun is cooking it making it, building it. The string and the food items attached to the string are the delicate tree branches and their delicious fruits. How is that happening? How does the sun and the string cooperate on such a regular basis and in a way that gives the impression that they know one another? How is that happening? This one, this coming one, I find really amazing. It it is um, it is really touching. Bu tarafa da bak. Bu biçare zayıf, nahif, kuvvetsiz hayvancıklar. 
Nasıl onların başı önünde latif gıda ile dolu iki tulumbacık takılmış, iki çeşme gibi yalnız o kuvvetsiz mahluk onu ağzına yapıştırması kafidir. İki tulumbacık ise validelerin memelerine işarettir. Look in this direction too. Look in this direction too. These helpless, weak and frail tiny animals with no power. Look how two tiny pumps filled with subtle nutrition are set up in front of their heads like two fountains and it is enough for that weak creature merely to latch onto it. As for the two tiny pumps, they point to the breasts of mothers. Now for human beings and you know monkeys and some animals, it is two uh, pumps. For some animals, it's eight pumps. More than, more than two. But there are these tiny pumps that are attached right in front of the head of this uh, helpless creature that had it not been for that for those two pumps right brought right in front of their mouth they would not survive they would not survive half a day and when they are born they know only one thing they know how to route with their mouths opening and closing and trying to latch onto something and they know how to latch and suckle. That's the only thing that they know. That's the only way through which, uh, especially if you are thinking about human babies, through which they can, uh, they, they can take the nutrition that they need for their survival. And look at this, that exact precise thing that they need is right in front of their mouth. What is like what is amazing if this is not amazing? Um, I had watched a video of a how a kangaroo um, is born, and obviously kangaroos are uh, not born fully developed, uh, even as babies. Uh, they're you know they're born like this tiny maybe finger-like uh, creature and then once they are born they know two things one they have a, they have a very powerful nose uh, that smells the source of something that attracts them and they have two hands that they can use to climb uh, they they um, hold on to the fur of their mother and climb into the sack and then once they reach that sack, so it's a long pathway for this tiny creature. It's born, and it looks like it does not have any consciousness, anything. It's like a almost like a um, you know unaware insect. The level of awareness that it has is you know like that that you would expect from a shrimp or something. But it does exactly what it has to do. Has to not needs to do, but has to do in order to survive. If it did anything else, it would not survive. There's only one thing that it can do, and there's only one thing, one uh, environment where it can survive. And as soon as it's born, that environment is placed in front of it, and it is equipped with the skills that match uh, what it needs or what it has to have in order to survive in that environment. It holds onto the fur and climbs into the sack, and there there is this pump filled with subtle nutrition. It latches and stays latched for a long time. It it's uh, 
development continues in there. Now, does the mother kangaroo know what this tiny baby will need? Let's assume that the mother kangaroo knows what this tiny baby will need when it is born. Does the mother kangaroo have any power, any intelligence, any ability to make a breast? A nipple there for the tiny kangaroo baby to latch on and suckle it does not the mother kangaroo does not have knowledge of this and has no control on its own on the evolution development growth uh, the, the form and the functions of its body I mean, we know this from our own example. We as human beings that have the highest level of evolution in the creation, we don't have that kind of power. How is that happening then? How is that happening that as soon as this tiny baby comes to the world, those pumps filled with, filled with nutrition are rushing to their aid? rushing to their aid immediately because the baby cannot survive depending on the baby even an hour and in the environment even an hour or half a day or a day immediately the pumps are there how is that happening do the pumps know the baby does the milk in the pumps know the baby do the molecules in the milk know the baby because once they are in the baby's mouth and stomach they are going to do the exact same thing that they have to do for the baby's survival too what's happening here there is evolution right there is power and there is evolution that's obvious but when we look carefully we see that neither the evolution nor the power is inside or on what we are observing what is before our eyes then the obvious conclusion from this is that and and also one more thing and it's not only in one thing it's everywhere everywhere everywhere we observe the existence of volition and power and nowhere do we observe that volition and power existing on the thing that we observe then what is happening here? There's only one conclusion. That there is a hidden hand. That volition exists. That power exists. But it does not exist in the thing that we are observing. It is acting upon the thing that we are observing. It's a hidden hand that's acting upon this whole palace. That is, that's disposing this whole palace from outside. Elhasıl, bütün bu alemin bütün eşyası birbirine bakar gibi birbirine yardım eder. Birbirini görür gibi birbirine el ele verir. Birbirinin işini tekmil için birbirine omuz omuza veriyor. Bel bele verip beraber çalışıyorlar. Her şeyi buna kıyas et, ta dadile bitmez. In conclusion, 
all things in this entire realm help each other as though they face each other, as though they are looking at each other. They hold hand in hand with each other as though they see each other. They come shoulder to shoulder with each other in order to complete each other's affairs and they work side by side. Compare everything to this. It will not finish by counting. So whoever said that the, um, the foundation of life is struggle or struggle defines life or existence is in terrible mistake yes there are examples of what appears like struggle uh, the the cheetah wants to eat the deer the deer runs away so the deer and the cheetah are struggling the cheetah to catch it the deer to run away it appears to be that right but that's only a tiny appearance of the reality that's out there and even that even that if you were to pierce through the appearance and see the reality is actually cooperation because ultimately ultimately some of the deer are caught by the cheetah and those deer usually are the weaker the weaker the the older the frail in the uh in the in the pack in the herd so the herd is being uh, purified in a sense or strengthened by the cheetah right so the cheetah is helping the herd if not the individual deer that it ate it's helping the the herd uh, that it is eating from but also the body of that particular deer that the cheetah ate worked for let's say five and a half years in order to build up that muscle and bone mass in order to provide its provision to the cheetah now you'll say well that's not what the deer did or that's not why the deer did it right I know that's not why the deer did it because the deer does not do anything for a cause for a why right? beyond some you know simple practical uh, intelligence it does not have the intelligence to think about this and again that's the point this is happening what I observed is happening there is this object here that is growing mass for five years and this cheetah is coming and eating it and this is necessary for the survival of the cheetah as though this object here grew that mass to help the cheetah so even what appears like a struggle is actually cooperation and then think about all the other things that do look like cooperation um koala eat eucalyptus and eucalyptus grows and it, it i mean it survives on eucalyptus there's nothing else that that's going to uh provide what it needs and eucalyptus grows and you know stretches out its hands 
and presents the, the, the koala with its leaves. Panda needs bamboo. Bamboo grows. Right now, I am attributing agency to the bamboo when I said the bamboo grows. And this is the glass wall that we need to break through, right? The reality of it, I mean, on a day-to-day -day usage, uh, because of the dictates of language, we say this, and it's, it's fine as long as we understand the reality of it. But the reality of it is that the bamboo does not grow. Because at the point that the bamboo started growing, the bamboo was not even there. It was a tiny sprout or a tiny seed. But the bamboo is being made to grow. It is made to grow, so it grows. And there comes the panda, eats it, and the bamboo does not struggle with the panda. The bamboo just keeps refreshing uh, the, the, the, uh, the, the leaf source, the nutrition source keeps serving the table things so this we need to again this is a paradigm shift we need to shift from that paradigm of struggle to a paradigm of cooperation things are acting in this universe as though they see one another as though they are running to each other's assistance as though they work shoulder to shoulder to preserve if you will the the, the overall system Right? As though the deer and the cheetah are working together to preserve the savanna as a system. As though the carbon, the oxygen, the hydrogen and whatnot are working together to preserve the atmosphere as a system. As though everything is working together if we think about the last week's uh, metaphor in a huge orchestra playing a symphony that is composed by a magnificent composer who is also conducting the orchestra subhanallah işte bütün bu haller iki kere iki dört eder derecesinde kat'i gösterir ki, şu sarayı acibin ustasına, yani şu garip alemin sahibine her şey musahhardır. Her şey onun hesabına çalışır. Her şey ona bir emirber nefer hükmündedir. Her şey onun kuvvetiyle döner. Her şey onun emriyle hareket eder. Her şey onun hikmetiyle tanzim olunur. Her şey onun keremiyle muavenet eder. Her şey onun merhametiyle başkasının imdadına koşar, yani koşturulur. Ey arkadaş, haddim varsa buna karşı bir söz söyle. So, we said the conclusion, this is the continuation of the conclusion. And the and the reality of the situation in the story, which of course uh, mimics the reality of the situation in the cosmos that we live in. So, all these states, this cooperation, this assistance, this as though they see each other, all these states, show as definitely as two times two equal four that everything is subjugated to the master of this amazing palace if there is volution and these things do not have volution 
and they are acting in unison, in harmony together, then that means that there is an owner of that evolution and that's one. And that's the master of this amazing palace. That is, to the owner of this marvelous realm, everything works on his account. Right? Everything works on his account. Everything is in effect his obedient soldiers. They obey him. Everything happens with his power. So it is his power. They don't have power in and of themselves. They are just becoming or they are just appearing to be vehicles of power. And that's what being a soldier means. Being a soldier does not mean that the soldier is using its bodily power. No, no, that's not the case. Everything is uh, everything is in effect his obedient soldiers, right? That's why we are saying in effect. Everything happens with his power. This is not in effect. This is clear. Everything moves under his command. Everything is organized with his wisdom because there is wisdom. Things are serving purposes. Everything provides assistance with his munificence. Right? So there is assistance. Assistance indicates munificence. I need something. The tree is providing it to me. And the tree is being generous in giving what it has to me. Right? The tree produces a thousand apricots every year. And I go pick them up all. And it doesn't say... You took all my apricots last year. I'm not going to give you apricot this year. No. And there are other reasons why it may not be giving apricots because, you know, it may not be provided with what it needs. But once it is provided with what it needs, it does not say, no, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm not going to give the apricots to you. You you took everything last year. You didn't leave any, any to me. No, it's generous. It's munificent. Now, it is not the tree that's munificent because the tree does not have any agency. Everything provides assistance with his munificence. Now, because we are in the story, we are not capitalizing the his here. We are still talking about that that uh, that um, uh, fictional owner. But of course, when we move to the reality of this, we will see that everything provides assistance with his God's munificence. Everything rushes to the aid of others with his mercy. That is, they are made to rush. Oh, friend, say something against this if you dare. I, that, I mean, that's, of course, a rhetorical uh, statement. You won't be able to say anything. You won't be able to say anything that makes sense in the face of this. Right? People say things. People say things, but what they say does not make sense. People say things because they are stubborn. People say things because they don't want to follow any, uh, any external power. They don't follow the rules and regulations of the owner of the palace of, or the creator of the cosmos. People say things, but what they say is not something that makes sense. Subhanaka, la ilma lana, illa ma'allamtana, innaka anta al-alimul hakim, wa-akhir al-dawahum, anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, al-fatiha, as-salamat.